God is good. And all the time. It is so good to see each and every one of you here today. Welcome to our Tuesday afternoon Bible study. My name is Michael Beneshek. I'm one of the warm heart pastors here. And uh, if you're joining us online, welcome to all of you. We are blessed to have you with us, and we pray that you find uh, some peace and comfort in God's Word today. Let's pray. God above, it is chilly outside, but we pray for warm hearts inside. We have warm hearts because we have the living Christ within. And as we study your word today, may we feel that love, may we feel Jesus within, and may we walk out these doors praising his name. In your son's name we pray. Amen. John chapter 2, which is a lot shorter than John chapter 1. I, I, I see Jacob who might... Thank you, Jacob, for always making these. Uh, I, I, what, what size font is this? 18 font to fit it on two pages. <laughs> I was like, I could read this today. This is good. Yeah. So John chapter 1, you might remember uh, John the Baptist uh, has features prominently in there. He comes to testify that Jesus is the Christ, and we have the baptism of Jesus. Jesus calls his first disciples. And now we get right into the story. Uh, there's two, two main stories in John chapter 2. Uh, someone asked, where are the, uh, uh, <laughs> where's the props? Don't we need water and wine for props to make the story happen? Uh, we're Methodist people. We don't do wine. Uh, we, do, we do grape juice. Uh, why do you think we do grape juice out of curiosity? Yeah, for out of respect for those who are, who are battling certain addictions. That's true. Um, yeah. uh, in England, John Wesley's time, uh, alcohol was, was everywhere. And it was, there was, it was just, it was bad. Uh, it was in the schools. It was in the kids. Like it, there was, there was no age limit. It was just, it was bad. Um, and so, uh, yeah, we're, we're more of a grape juice kind of folk. Uh, if you ever know the name Welch's, Welch's was, was a Methodist up in the Vermont, New Hampshire area who, who got into the business because he wanted to make grape juice available for, uh, for the Methodists who were all running around. Yeah. But you get the story of water into wine, and we'll talk about the wine here in a moment. But let's, uh, let's, let's just do two verses on this one. Uh, we're going to break it up because I want to get a little, little bit of wedding history of, of Jesus' time. So verses 1 and 2. Jesus changes water into wine. On the third day, a wedding took place in Cana of, in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. A wedding at Cana. In, in my wedding spiel, uh, for, for those who have weddings here in the church that really want a churchy wedding, uh, that's part of my, my thing. Uh, Jesus graced a wedding at Cana of Galilee, and in his sacrificial love gave us the example for the love between husband and wife. Uh, which day did the wedding take place? On the third day. Does that sound familiar to Christian's ears? Yeah. For some reason, John, you hear the third day come up every now and then. Uh, it's kind of leading us to a third day uh, at the Easter celebration at the end of John. Uh, but the third day, the third day from what? Well, you got to go back to chapter 1. Uh, just for fun, if you got your Bibles on you, uh, 129. 
129. So this is right after the baptism. Uh, my Bible says the next day John saw Jesus. Does your Bible say something like that, like the next day? Let's skip down to verse 43. The calling of the disciples. The next day, <laughs> Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. And then chapter 2, on the third day. So everything in John is happening, bam, bam, bam. Uh, baptism, calling of disciples, it's time for a wedding. Does that make sense? So the, the third day that he begins his ministry, he goes on vacation. He takes, it kind of has that feel. He goes to a wedding uh, where, there's, where there's work to be done, but there's, 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 work, there's, there's also joy to be had as well. Um, this, is a, this is the first of many stories suggesting that Jesus was always welcome among those having a good time. Jesus did not go to spoil the good time. Uh, and in Jewish culture, that day, the day of a wedding was the best party of all. There are times that I think that I spoil weddings as pastor. Uh, every now and then, bless their heart, they ask me, Pastor, uh, you know, they're not members of the church, but Pastor, can you come to the reception? And I say, I usually say no. Uh, number one, I don't know you, you don't know me, I'm just I'm kind of doing your wedding because I'm the pastor here of, of, in, in town. Uh, and B, no one wants to sit next to the pastor. <laughs> Oh, we can't have a good time. The pastor's here. <laughs> and I don't want to bring that, that levity that down. I will go to the reception if I would have been invited anyway. That's, uh, that's my rule. Uh, there's an old tradition that I remember from a long... Uh, someone said this a long time ago, but I don't... I, I, I can't find anywhere else where, I, where this could be. But uh, this could be... Um, the Gospel of John was written by the Apostle John. This could be John's wedding. Uh, I heard that once upon a time. I haven't found any other other proof for that, but that's uh, uh, something that is that that was out there. I'll skip that. Da, da, da. The invitation of Jesus to this wedding tells us something about who Jesus was. Uh, the invitation of Jesus to the wedding says something about his presence. He comes he comes to the marriage and gives his blessing, and that family life is under his care. Uh, so saith Spurgeon. Um, Who's, who's, oh, I'll get to that in a moment. Uh, who's missing in this story? We don't get to it yet. Uh, his mother was there. Well, I'll get to it. His mother was there. Guess who's not there? His dad. His dad. Uh, Joe is not even in, in the Gospel of John. A um, lot, of, lot of commentators will say that Joe probably passed away uh, pretty early on in, in, in Jesus' life. Matter of fact, uh, Jesus might not have started his ministry because he was working and caring for his mother and his younger siblings, uh, and at a time when that was no longer necessary or someone else took, the, took that mantle, Jesus came into his own and began his ministry with, with his cousin John. Uh, let's do verses 3 through 5. 3 through 5. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said unto him, They have no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, My hour has not yet come. His mother said to, to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. It's big social mistake to run out of wine. First century uh, Israeli wedding protocol. It's probably a big, big faux pas uh, today as well. Uh, 
Uh, but this could really shame a couple for a long time. A wedding was supposed to be the best party of all. And for a host to fail in providing adequate hospitality, especially in terms of food and drink, uh, would be a great dishonor. Uh, some believe that the, the they invited Jesus, and Jesus brought disciples and an entourage. Uh, maybe they were uninvited, and the wine ran out faster than expected. Uh, the text gives no evidence, but uh, some commentators brought brought this up. To fail to provide adequate for the guests, it would have been a social disgrace. In the closely knit communities of Jesus' day, such an error could not be forgotten, and it could really haunt the married couple all their lives. Remember when you got married and uh, the wine ran out? And wine is supposed to be joy. Uh, wine, wine is hospitality. Wine is festivity in, in those days. And uh, if you run out of joy, if you run out of, mm, uh, it would not be, it's, it's a bad sign for the wedding couple. And also in the ancient Near East, there was a strong element of reciprocity in terms of weddings and gifts. Um, do, you ever, do, you have, do you have that buddy, that, that friend that you give a birthday card to or a birthday present to and they don't give you one back? You have that awkward, our, 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 is our friendship, our family, do we give cards, do we not give, mm-hmm. Uh, I got a, I, Got a brother, never sends a card to my kids. Never send, never sends anything that, uh, not a call. He loves us, that's just not his thing. Uh, but a while back, he's like, you never send me a card. I'm like, you never send us a card. That's, that's, that's not what we do. Um, it was possible, according to some, uh, some experts who, uh, who study this, it was possible to take legal action in circum- circumstances against someone who failed to provide the appropriate wedding gift. We provided you this party. And your gift was not up to snuff. Um, yeah, that's the first century. I don't exactly know why Mary brought this problem to Jesus unless she was just gossiping. <laughs> hey, they ran out of wine. Plan accordingly. Right? Uh, not sure unless it was one of, uh, unless it was John's wedding or something like that where Jesus had, had a role. And, and I could see Jesus like, what do you want me to do about it? Uh, but we see what he does does about it uh we always i I always took this as a kind of as a a weird way to call uh call your mom what what would happen if you went to your mom and said woman yeah some of us with different ears you mean after after you woke up from getting knocked out yeah uh first century this this is this is this is fine this is not a term of derision uh, Jesus spoke to his mother with a term of respect, but he did call he did not he did not call her mother, and and some commentators guess that this could be here we are at the beginning of his public ministry, he is now about to take a different relationship with his family, with his mom. I was your kid, and I still am your kid, but I also get to be your savior. And it's really weird for, uh, if I'm your savior, for, for you to call me, you know, Baby J or whatever names they had for, for Jesus. Um, so this could be a little bit, a little bit of a delineation of, of, of you know, just the change in relationship. Uh, it was a woman, it was a title of respect. I get the, the uh, another translation you, you could say is lady. Uh, something nice, but, but it's not familial, if, if, if you will. 
Jesus seemed to say to Mary, uh, I won't do it. It's not my time. My hour has not yet come. Does anyone else have a different uh, version of my hour has not yet come? I'm trying to remember what the King James said. My hour has not yet come. Uh, <laughs> my time is coming. At the end, uh, when, I, when I'm on the cross, the reason why I'm here, uh, I'm starting my, I'm, I'm three days in. Don't ask for parlor tricks yet. <laughs> what, what, what do you want me to do? And yet we know, we know that he's going to, we know he's going to fix it. Jesus in his public ministry was not only or primarily the son of Mary, but the son of man. And this, uh, again, the relationship is, is between kids and parents changes. Isn't it weird when your kids get old and they're, they're, they're always going to be your kid, but there's a little bit of a different relationship with them? They, they, after a while, they, there, there comes a time when they might take care of you in certain ways. Um, in, in our family, uh, my mom does not want that yet from us. Uh, we call it the... Uh, the powdered butt syndrome. This is probably a wrong way to say it. If you've ever powdered someone's butt, you don't want their advice on anything. <laughs> because you remember, oh, I used to change your diapers. And now I don't, yeah, don't tell me about money. Don't tell me about that. Don't tell me about. <laughs> okay. Uh, some, some religions. Uh, in, in, uh, okay. Uh, Christianity. Uh, s some traditions of Christianity really revere Mother Mary. Matter of fact, they might pray to Mother Mary uh, with the idea that if you get to go to Mary, Mary will talk to her son on your behalf. Uh, some of that comes from this scripture of like, well, Mary, Mary knows how to get Jesus' attention and how to fix things. Uh, in our tradition, we don't pray to Mary. Uh, Mary is a saint, bless her heart, but she is she's human. Um, just like you wouldn't pray to uh, to, to, you won't you won't pray to the disciples. You know we don't we don't have saints in that way. Uh, we we pray straight to straight to God or Jesus or the Spirit because they're all three in one, one and three. So this is the third day after he was baptized. That you could you could read it like that, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, we don't know anything about the years from when he was what three years old until now yeah we get one story of him in the temple as a as a teenage kid so we don't know if mary knew who he was she i mean when the angel came to her and told her she was going to have him she knew who she had but did she know exactly i know i don't know if power is the best word for it or not but the miracles that he could perform. I mean, being a teenager, there had to have been times when he was mischievous, maybe. He, he, he was without sin. Oh, well. But can you pull off pranks without being in sin? There's got to be some pranks that you could pull off. Yeah, okay. So uh, my question is, is she knew, she must have known what kind of power he had if she said, we're out of wine. Could be. Could be. I could just imagine him in, in the teenage years, you know, you, you, you can walk in on water, but can you clean your room? I've yet to see that one. Right? Yeah. What what evidence did Jesus have? We don't we don't know. 
but uh, like but like you say Mary Mary must know something is one way to read it and or why was it Jesus's problem to fix if if I was if I was hosting a wedding and an issue came up would I go to a guest and say hey can you fix this for me that would be that would feel weird unless Jesus comes into his own and you know it, he, you go to someone who can fix it that could be too um, I do like what Mary says to the servants, do whatever he tells you, which A, tells you that uh, Mary also had the ability to tell the servants to do something. So somehow this is, this fa- this, this is a close family connection where the servants would listen to, would listen to Mary. Okay, let, let's take a big bite. Six, six through 11, six to the end of the page. Nearby stood six, six stone water jars, the kind used by Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water, so they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out, take it to the master of the banquet. They did so, and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, Everyone brings out the choice wine first, and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best till now. What Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. Six stone water jars. Uh, how many gallons? How, how big would that be? Five foot, three feet, 50, 50 gallon thing. Something like this. About like this, we were looking into uh, buying a 50-gallon drum for our garage when we lived in the uh, 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 Portland area because they kept saying the big ones coming have enough water on hand. So we were looking; it could be 50 years from now, who knows? But we were looking at how to store how do you store water, uh, and we were looking at 50-gallon drums that we would fill up and then unfill. And you know, you know how that goes. Uh, but that's what these things are big. Okay, stone. What, what what makes me laugh is these are how how heavy would they be? They're made of stone. They're fifty gallons. And then yeah, take them to the master of the banquet. <laughs> All right, you gotta go. Uh, Jesus began this miracle by using what was what was on hand. Uh, he could have used anything, but he used what was what was there. Uh, these are the water pots connected with the system of law because they were used in ceremonial purification. This was not a place where you got your drinking water. They didn't hold uh, drinking water, and I'll get to that here in a second. Um, the servants were in a unique place of blessing for this miracle. Uh, Jesus wanted the cooperation of, of, of people. He could have filled the pots themselves or just as easily created the liquid in the pots. But if he knew that he shared uh, shared the work with the servants, then they also shared in the blessing. Uh, the servants were especially blessed because they obeyed without question and to the fullest. They filled it up to the brim, which means that the miracle would be fulfilled in the greatest measure possible. If they only filled it half full, they'd only get half the miracle and half, half the wine. Uh it hit me that they, uh, they, they, they filled them up to the brim, which means uh, there is no room to add anything else. 
because Jesus was not going to add anything to the water. He was he wasn't going to add anything to the water. He was going to transform it. And uh, that's that's what we do. This is a pattern for faith and obedience. Um, when we are told to love him, we, we love him to the brim. Uh, when we're commanded to serve him, we serve him up to the brim. Draw some out, take some to the master of the feast, took faith on behalf of the servants. Question is, when did it turn to wine? Uh, is, is what I had uh, some people ask once upon a time. Did it change the wine when they, when they put it in? Did it slowly change into wine? Did it turn into wine when they were carrying it? Did it turn into wine when they poured it? Uh, doesn't matter. It just, the master of the house knew that it was good wine. He didn't know it was a miracle. He didn't know where this came from. It was uh, the servants uh, who got to see it. Uh, in, the first te- in the first temptation that Jesus had in, in, another, in another gospel, the devil asked Jesus to turn stones into something, turn stones into bread for himself. And he said no. In this first sign, Mary asked Jesus to turn water into wine for others. Jesus refused to do the first, but he did He did the second. Jesus' miracles and signs are for the benefit of other people. Later on in the, in, the gospel, in the gospel, in the book of Acts, you'll find some charlatans, some people who want the Holy Spirit power so they can praise and worship themselves to do those tricks, to do... I, I, want, I want the ability to heal people so I become important. And Jesus says, I want to heal people because I want to heal people. You might remember in the Gospel of Mark when we were going through that year uh, a year ago, um, Jesus says, "Don't tell anyone about this. I don't want to become famous. This is I'm not here uh, to toot my own horn. Uh, my time has not yet come. That comes three years from now. Uh, when Jesus made wine, he didn't use the cheap stuff. It was the good wine. Uh, doesn't mean it had a particularly high alcohol content, but that it was just well-made wine. Um, the wine that's used in the East, a person must drink. The alcohol content is, is really, really low. It's not like wine that we have today. Uh, you would have to drink a lot to, to, to get the feelings of, of, of drink. And a lot of that uh, alcohol also killed all the bacteria in there, so it was probably healthier than the water that they had on hand anyway. Uh, Methodist passed. Methodist pastors are rolling in their grave right now. Don't tell people to drink wine. Don't drink wine. Uh, the Methodist in me says that's that's not who we are. Um, uh, we, we did a church service once and there was wine and someone leaned over and said, what would John Wesley say right now if he was alive? And the person next to him said, he'd probably say something like, get me out of this box. It's dark in here. Like, okay, that's that's a bad, don't, don't do that. You got the microphone, Pastor. Yeah, a quick war story. So during the first Gulf War, I tried to be a good Methodist chaplain and was carrying uh, Welch's grape juice, which, uh, you know, daytime temperatures were around 120. Then if you rode in a Humvee, uh, you sit on top of the engine, which is running about 225 degrees. At any rate, within a day, my Welch's grape juice would turn to wine consistently. And so I gave up on that. I figured God had spoken. <laughs> when, when you're in the sandbox, you just got to go with the flow. You go with the flow. Yeah. We did a, a Monday, Thursday service. I'll, 
Monday, Monday, Thursday, Holy Week, Monday, I'll, I'll probably tell this next week at Monday, Thursday. Uh, when I was a kid, I always wondered, why do we call it Monday, Thursday? <laughs> Doesn't make sense. I didn't know the Latin, right? I didn't know Monday, mandate, go love each other, love others. And then uh, the, the command that Jesus gave us, we got mandate Thursday, go love each other. Uh, but we did. We shared a service with a Lutheran church down the down the road, um, and we would bring the grape juice, and they would bring the wine. Uh, God bless them. The, the pastors. I don't know if they talked ahead of time, but the Lutheran pastor brought uh, red wine, looked purple in the thing, and the Methodist pastor brought white grape juice. And we were so confused which line to get in because the colors didn't match up, and you could you could you could tell the people who were surprised by the line that they got in when they when they when they when they took their bread, took their cup. What's the ceremonial washing? These jars are used for ceremonial washing. Wash your hands, right? And in Jewish culture, uh, according to the law, you're supposed to wash your hands for so long. They were, they were <laughs> if Fauci would have been happy back there, you know, wash your hands, wash, 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 wash. Um, yeah, even, even if it's not wet, uh, you still kind of go through a ceremonial washing of trying to get you know, evil away, death away, sin away, germs away. Not that they knew about germs, but they knew that washing was good. And so anytime there was a time that you went in the temple, anytime you went somewhere special, there was ceremonial, ceremonial washing. Where do we use wine in, or, or fruit of the vine in, in, in church life? At communion, right? And at communion, we take the, we take the cup and we say, uh, this is the blood of, of, of Christ. For the forgiveness of sins, take this in my name. We are ceremonially washing away the sins of, of the soul. And so I could just really, I really imagine this passage pointing toward the Lord's Supper, pointing toward communion, because wine is here and wine is, is, is also present at the Lord's Supper. And both times it's a, it's a cleansing. Both times. This is the first sign. John has seven of these. There are seven signs in John. So as we go throughout these weeks, uh, this is the second sign. This is the third sign. Listen for the signs. Uh, signs and wonders, if you will, in which he revealed his glory. Uh, the disciples believed in him. Uh, the way the Greek is in, in, in this one is it's kind of a possessive. They believed... In him, not just not just a factual kind of thing, but they they bought all in. Like uh, this is where they stand. This is who they are. They uh, they believe in, I guess, if you will. Uh, the word "sign" uh, uh, in in Greek, uh, uh, Simeon, Simeon. I want to say Simeon. Uh, used seventy four times in the New Testament. Um, about half of them are used here in John. John lo loves using this word, uh, a sign or a pointer. This is this is this is the Christ. Put uh, put your faith in Christ.
Okay. Let's uh, flip the page if you're on the sheet. Let's do verses 12 through 12 through 17. After this, he went down to Capernaum with his mother and brothers and his disciples. There they stayed for a few days. When it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple courts, he found people selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and others sitting at tables exchanging money. So he made a whip out of cords and drove all from the temple courts, both sheep and cattle. He scattered the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. To those who sold doves, he said, Get these out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a market. His disciples remembered that it is written, Zeal for your house will consume me. After this, he went down to Capernaum with his mother and brothers and his disciples. Did Jesus have brothers and or sisters? Sounds like it, doesn't it? There's other places where Mary and family show up. Uh, some traditions say that Mary uh, was once a virgin, always a virgin, never had any children. And this is just metaphorically, you know, we're, we're all brothers and sisters. Uh, as, as you read it, if you, without, without that backdrop, it sounds like he actually has, has siblings. Uh, so Mary and Joe did have, have other children. Uh, and they stayed there for a few days. He clears the temple courts. Uh, what chapter are we in? We're in chapter 2. Any idea where Jesus clears the temple courts in the other Gospels? Holy Week. Uh, so, two things. Either he cleansed the temple twice, one at the beginning of his career and one at the end of his career. Chances are probably not. Or this is John putting the, putting the stories of Jesus in, into a narrative and the dates and times might be a little different than uh, than the linear progression of chapter one, two, three, four, five. Uh, so chances are this probably happened at the at the uh, at Holy Week, because Jesus is not well known yet. I don't think he can pull this off. Um, or they would have just arrested him, and and and, and away you go. Uh, but the Passover is at hand. The reason we think that uh, Jesus had three years of ministry is because in the Gospel of John, the Passover he he goes to Jerusalem three times for the Passover. Uh, so you kind of get three years of ministry. Uh, in Mark, Matthew, and Luke, it could have all been one year. There's, there, there's no other indication. But out of John, we get three Passovers, so they, they go over three, three different years. Uh, the very fact of the market being there, being held there, would produce an unseemly mixture of sacred and profane transactions. Uh, the money changers, uh, believe it or not, Two, two and a quarter million Jews sometimes would assemble in the holy city to keep the Passover. Can you imagine two million people in the ancient world showing up at the same time? That's, that's, that's kind of what's going on here. Um, they all had to pay the temple tax, about two days wages for a working person, but they had to pay the tax at the special temple coin, uh, which is why the money changers were outside doing so much business. In, in, in some Bibles, it says the festival of the Jews. Uh, I, don't, I don't remember seeing that in here. Uh, again, uh, kind of in-house conversation that they're having. Uh, with John, I always have to be careful about, a lot of times the Jews are made out to be bad people. Uh, the, Jesus was a Jew, and he's trying to reform it here. And, uh, and so the language kind of get a little dicey. Uh, he made a whip of cords. Uh, when Jesus drove out, 
those doing business. He did not do it in a flash of anger, but he took time to make a whip of cords and thought carefully about what he would do. Some people think that he only 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 smacked the animals to get the to to, to get everyone out. Here, it, I, I get the idea that if you were in his way, he was he was he was going to get you. Drove them all out, poured out the changers' money, and overturned the tables. Those doing business in the outer courts of the temples. Um, the outer courts where this is going on is the only place that the Gentiles could pray at the temple. Gentiles could go up to the temple, but they weren't allowed inside, inside. But they were allowed up to this point. And this is the point where they had the money changers and the booths and the things you could buy. And, and, and it was a money-making scheme is what it was. Thank God the church is not involved in money or cares about money at all nowadays. But back then it was a big deal. Or maybe we still do. Uh, they remembered uh, um, a line from Psalm 69, uh, connected it to the zeal Jesus had for the purity of God's house and the worship practice there. Jesus began this chapter with a miracle of conversion, water into wine, and now he shows, shows a work of cleansing, the cleansing of the temple. And that's kind of how faith goes. We have a conversion first, then the cleansing. Pastor Mike, I yeah. just wanted to say that, you know, with Jesus converting the water into wine, he was at a party. So he was enjoying being human there. And, oh, sorry. So he had joy being a part of us and was also demonstrating that we should do the same thing, take time out for joy. But then he turns right around and he's angry. And I know it doesn't say he was angry, but to make a whip out of cords and to drive out cattle, you'd have to be pretty angry. You don't just say, get out of here, bossy. You know, uh, well, you could say that, but to no avail. <laughs> so, um, so, you we know. Get the, we get the full range of emotion here. Is that what you're saying? Yes, we do. And, and how he relates to us. It's uh, in just these simple stories, really, that um, are preserved for us and retold and retold. Yeah, yeah. You, you know those people who, who never find joy or happiness in life. Life is way too serious. There's always something to do. And, and there's a part of life that is like that. But what's the point of living if you don't live? Uh, one of the reasons for the money changers <clears throat> is, is that as people were coming in, they were coming in with different uh, um, kinds of money. It wasn't all Roman denarius or anything like that. So in order to get the temple tax, the correct coin to give inside the temple, they had to change it for that. So there was a lot of different um, countries, so to speak, that had uh, people had to brought money. Yeah, on that same note, um, a lot of times the people could not bring their own animals. Uh, traveling quite a distance, the animals would not survive uh, or 
it would just be um, not possible to bring your own animals. So they would buy animals when they got there. And I was sitting there thinking, and then also what he mentioned about the money changers, uh, they would also uh, charge exorbitant prices just to change the coin into the proper uh, money to pay, uh, pay for whatever you had to pay for. But I was sitting here thinking about uh, last time I went to a movie theater, you know, and you go to buy a bag of popcorn, and a bag of popcorn is like 10 bucks, and uh, just a soda is like $6, you know, it's like, wow, man, that's like 50, here goes a $20 bill right there, and, and I haven't even paid for the movie. You should try you having know. three kids. Yeah. <laughs> and you can't bring it in there, you know, you can't bring popcorn in, you know, they, they'll catch you, you know. And I was just sitting there thinking about that, you know, how much uh, they were gouging uh, the people uh, exorbitantly. And that's what Jesus saw. Uh, and so I think that's what really irritated him is they were taking advantage of the people. Uh, and that, you know, I stopped today and I go, gee, we're getting taken, taken advantage of quite often uh, in this day and age. So. And you, 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 what is it, March 20, whatever it is, 28th. Y'all done your taxes by now, right? <laughs> At H&R Block and TurboTax, how much does it cost just to pay the government whatever money that is? Uh, for a lot of us, it's like a one or two page thing. $285, like, oh, um, I do my own taxes because they're weird and complicated for pastors, but uh, um, that's something that I do. But uh, uh, but yeah, it just feels expensive to do the, to, oh, to do your own. Uh, back to the movie theater thing. My 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 kids uh, when they were younger, there was an Albertsons right next to the movie theater, and we love movies in the in the in the winter time or spring or fall depending on the weather. Like kids, put your coats on. Let's go to Albertsons. Get a drink, get a snack, put it in your coat. Hopefully, the statue of limitations is gone because this is going on YouTube. But, uh, uh, but one one day, my kid finally, like, why, are, Dad? Is this wrong? Like, <laughs> um, it's wrong that they charge twelve dollars for a thing of popcorn. That's what's wrong. So, uh, uh, but we we bought popcorn there, but we brought our own drinks in. <laughs> We had to tell the kids open it when there's a loud part in the movie. Like, quiet, quiet moment. <laughs> Gonna get in trouble. Yep. Uh, do, uh, church. Do we have mon money changers in this church? Does it ever feel like we have money changers in this church? Where this church ever just feels and talks about money, 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 money. Or is it weird to bring it up to the pastor and, uh, with a microphone? Hopefully we're not like that. Uh, there are times that people have asked, hey, we're, we're, we're selling something. Uh, can, we, can we set up a table in the back of the sanctuary? Out in the lobby is fine, but sanctuary kind of feels off limits for, for those going around. Hey, you want to buy some Girl Scout cookies? Or hey, the, you know, we're doing this. Or hey, we're um, in the lobby. That's that's going to be our temple court <laughs> in the lobby. Leave the sanctuary. Let it be a sanctuary. Uh, let's. We went to seventeen, right? 
Let's go to 22, 18 to 22. The Jews then responded to him, What sign can you show us to prove your authority to do all this? And Jesus answered them, Destroy this temple, and I will raise it again in three days. They replied, It has taken 46 years to build this temple, and you are going to raise it in three days? But the temple he had spoken of was his body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples recalled what he had said. Then they believed the scripture and the words that Jesus had spoken. What sign? What sign can you show us that you could do these things? Not a bad question. Anyone who drives the merchants out from the temple courts, you start playing with the uh, the pocketbook, people start to pay attention. Um, Jesus, do you, do, who are you to have this authority? And they demanded a sign from Jesus to prove it. And he goes goes really churchy on him. Destroy this temple and I will raise it again in three days. Uh, of course, he's talking about his body <laughs> um, three days later. Uh, but they're looking at the... They're looking at this temple that took forty some years for this for for us to build this, and you're gonna you're gonna rebuild it in in, in three days. So you could you could see you see the questions going through their through their minds. Um, I know later on we're gonna get into parables, but this reminds me exactly what a, because he spoke in parables, and parables is really a comparison of something concrete to something abstract. abstract. So something concrete, which is something you can, they really know what they're talking, you know, what they're what he's saying. But the abstract can have layers of understanding. Yeah. And this was about the first one that, at least I know of, where he spoke, and I counted as a more of a parable, because he was he was talking more about his body and 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 uh, you know the resurrection and crucifixion. Mm-hmm. Yep. And later on, we get in, in the New Testament, uh, we, have, we have here the temple. God's presence is in the temple. What does Paul say is the temple? Yeah. You're the temple. We're moving away from buildings. Buildings are a tool. They get to be used uh, to the glory of God. But this isn't God. This is a building. Uh, we feel God's presence in here because we look for it and we feel it. Um, but we take, we, if this building was empty and I was standing out and, and, and if, if this building was empty and, uh, Jeff was standing outside, I'll pick on Jeff. Jeff was standing right outside. There is more God outside than inside this building because he takes the spirit of God with him. Let's finish it up. 23 to the end. Now, while he was in Jerusalem at the Passover festival, many people saw the signs he was performing and believed in his name. But Jesus would not entrust himself to them, for he knew all people. He did not need any testimony about mankind, for he knew what was in each person. Jesus knows us better than we know ourselves. Uh, Many people saw the signs that he was performing and believed believed in what they believed in his name do you remember was it was it the last book that we talked about where uh, if you knew someone's name you had power over that person or that name really held your identity and who you were um, in the name of jesus Uh, 
there's power there. Um, the power of Christ compels thee. And when we pray, we pray in Jesus' name. Uh, we, we, we use it. Um, and they believed not only in, in just the man standing there, but in his name, everything that he, everything that he was and represented and uh, uh, who he claimed to be. Jesus did not need the testimony about mankind. He knew what was in each person. Uh, he wasn't doing this for our approval, but he was doing this to save our souls. May the God that brought us together go with you now and forevermore that may, may we walk out of these doors with the temple, as a temple, with Christ in our hearts. And the family of God said, Amen. Amen.